All right. We are back uh, with another installment of the work week after hours. Uh, Steve, uh, how you doing today? I'm great. I'm great, Shane. How you doing? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I know uh, this week's topic is one that you are just itching to uh, to dive into. Um, I am gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna change roles a little bit in uh, in this episode because this topic is right in your wheelhouse. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you kind of frame it up, um, and then we'll we'll take off kind of with it. Okay. Well, we, uh, our listeners who've been following us for a while know Shane and I do not script these. We have a theme that rises to the surface. We ping pong ideas back and forth on messenger email during the week. And the one that we've been dancing around is so big that we didn't know when we wanted to go into like, this is a piece of a lot of what we've been talking about. And that is uh, best frame. If I were to say that, you know, and a couple of articles covered it, uh, in the news this week, one was called The Great uh, Resignation. Um, and in carrying forward from last week's topic around retail and restaurants really challenge, being challenged to, to hire people, one of the things that I think is taking place right now is that, um, and, and today we heard news that hotels are struggling to hire people too. So not just restaurants, not just retail, now hotels are struggling to hire people too. And I think what, we don't know is how this pandemic is really going to affect organizations and individuals. But I think we're starting to see a lot of evidence that suggests what I, what I'm going to sort of refer to as sort of the great reframe. I believe that the pandemic has created an unbelievable, re, you know, reevaluation of everyone's life math, not just work, you know, the articles that I'm seeing out there are like, hey, people are thinking differently about work and you know, more women are interested in staying at home than men and should companies go hybrid? Should they not? People are, you know, wages are going up in places where people are um, not as attracted to join like retail and, and fast food businesses. But I think we are seeing uh, something that's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before that everyone's life math just changed. And so that includes... Do I do I miss going to the office? Do I not miss going to the office? Do I like spending more time with my family? Do I like cooking meals with my kids and and being home? Do I not like being home? I'm spending more time here. You know, maybe I want to be away more. Um, I'm seeing my boss and my company and my work in a new light. I'm learning maybe that I can live from home. If I got laid off, I had to find different ways of creating value. So I probably experimented doing new things. And if I didn't, I know people who did. And if I didn't get laid off, I know others who did and they tried new things and I'm learning what they did and how they did it. We are facing what I believe is the eve of probably the biggest, you know, career life reframe of our lifetimes. And I find that absolutely fascinating. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm right in the, in the middle of it uh, on my end. Yeah. Shane, uh, tell, tell your story because when you and I first met, you, you know, we were, gosh, I don't know, this is months ago. You were yeah, contemplating up, yeah, it. Maybe nine, 10 months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine, 10 months ago. That's right. And you were contemplating And we were full on in, in the pandemic. Sure. Tell sure. your story. I think it's, yeah. a, it's a great story that captures how a fan, how an individual and a family arrived at, you know, new perspective, yeah. opening new avenues to pursue. 
so uh, so a little bit of backstory. So obviously, with with my past um, and my business career, I've I've done a lot of traveling. I've spent a lot of time overseas and, and working with different governments around the country, around the world. And um, you know, my family didn't get to travel a lot with me. So I've got five kids, uh, two of which are college age. So I've got three kids at home. It, it, my wife really didn't get to go. She was a teacher, so she couldn't really travel because you know you're teaching most of the year. And it was kind of this thing of like, oh, one of these days when the kids are gone, my wife and I had always talked about, we'll probably go live overseas somewhere. She wants to travel and see the world. I love, I love international culture and learning and meeting new people and learning about other people. So that was always kind of the talk. Uh, COVID happens. My wife instantly is teaching from home. Um, now transparency with that and how it kind of leads into the story. So about nine months before the pandemic hit, my wife, um, we had started her an online tutoring business to where she works with, um, uh, young folks who have, uh, are trying to learn what's called sight words. So learning the basics of learning how to read and mm-hmm. building that foundation of reading. Mm-hmm. So COVID happens. She's now working from home for the first time in her life, but she's teaching. So it is different, but she starts to get a taste of like, oh, this was kind of what it would be like if I did that full time. And I said, yeah, I said, this is what it's like. Chaos, kids (laughs) running all over the place. Now I'm at home. So it's a bit of an adjustment because now here we both are in the same space. You know, we didn't really, I mean, we, that, you know, we like everybody else, we didn't have a designated space for each of us to do our work and those kind of things. So, you know, here we are in the basement now, um, you know, doing what we're doing. And uh, we kind of got, it, it goes on and goes on. Pandemic happens in the summertime hits. And she's like, yeah, she's like, I really, I'm really enjoying this. And she's getting some traction with it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a little bit to the fall, um, September, October, some friends of ours kind of mentioned, hey, we're looking at possibly moving to Portugal. They mentioned that to my wife. My wife mentions it to me. I was aware of Portugal. I know I've been all over Europe. I know, you know, kind of what's what's there. But I'd never really looked into like living there. I didn't I didn't historically have much business there. So it wasn't something that I just spent a lot of time thinking about or or visiting. So I started doing some research like, oh, wait a second. This makes sense financially. Now, not only does it make sense financially, but this is actually a business decision because of the tax benefits, the cost of living, now the cost of traveling around Europe. So now these benefits start to start to add up. Things that we never would have thought of prior to COVID, just Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we're being forced into a situation. So we kind of fast forward a little bit. I do what I do. Uh, you know, I, something made sense. Let me find a reason not to do it. Right. It's the, it's the, it's the angel investor pitch, right? Angel investors, they're designed to find a reason not to do this. I'm going to, I need to find a reason not to give you money. So I'm going <laughs> to find a reason not to do this. So mm-hmm. I can't find one and we're going through the process. And then I bring it up to you and you're like, oh, yeah, I love Portugal. You know, I've been there. I love it. Fell in love with it. Well, then I mention it to a couple other people. They're like, oh, dude, every person that tells me this says 
you just fall in love with Lisbon. It just makes you, you feel mm -hmm. at home. You just, it's just something about the place. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. Right. And I also told you I'm doing business with someone. Yes. Uh, the person who's helped me build my website is yes. in Lisbon and he is from the South and yep. also is loving it there. Yeah. 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 So you put me in touch with him. I pick his brain a little bit, get some insight, start doing some YouTube. So again, because of COVID, we're all, the whole family's at home. We're all around each other. Right. You know, so this is now becoming an ongoing conversation. What if, what if this is something we just, cause you don't just, you don't walk in and just dump that on your kids. So it's like the, what if you kind of fill them out and see how they react. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I think this is something that I want to do. Fast forward a little bit more. Now here we are. And the last, so I don't care to give context. Um, in the last, <laughs> in the last three weeks, we have sold our house. Um, I have not, I've turned my lease, my car, my automobile lease in uh, and not renewed that. So I'm going to go without a car for the next 12 months. Just to, there's no point saving money. I wasn't going to get a one year lease. They're too expensive. I'm not going to go buy a car that's going to lose value. Does that make sense? My wife has a car. Uh, my wife has now made the decision that she's not going to teach next year. Um, and we're going to go in the full -time. way and she's not teaching the way that she used to. Correct. So she's not going to be employed as a teacher. She is right. now because of COVID and because of all this felt comfortable and had yeah. a taste of there's a different way of going about my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the world is small. You've traveled a lot. For those of you that haven't traveled, when you actually start to travel, you realize, oh, wait a second, it's way more affordable. And this is way easier than what I thought. And this world is a very, very small place. Mm -hmm. um, so now all of a sudden this has kind of become a thing. So now 12 months from now, so it's currently almost June, 2021. We're a couple, we're two weeks away. Um, in June of 2022, we will be packing our bags, a bunch of them and, uh, uh, heading to Lisbon, Portugal to live. Um, we are, my wife and I are going to visit this, this June, and then we're taking the kids over fall break. But barring anything and any kind of disaster is happening. Um, yeah, and, and it's wild how it's kind of all played out. And you've kind of been had a front row seat to kind of seeing That's it right. all. That's um, right. You know, people are like, oh, you're selling your house. You're not going to leave for a year. The market is what the market is. I'm taking advantage of the market, making more money on my house than, right. you know, I might have. I might have. I don't know. Who knows? You know, uh, you know, a year from now. So mm -hmm. I'm going to run with it. So yeah. because of COVID, it reframed our thought process in how I mean, 36 months ago, we had an architect out here and we were drawing up plans to add on to our house and double my mortgage and, right. you know, all these different things. Right. And now that's not, we're literally downsizing. We're going a very minimalistic lifestyle of let's, you know, we're going to get rid of everything we don't need. We've mm -hmm. already done that. And now we're going to live a different way because the situation that occurred reframed what what we want and what is and i think this is maybe how all this ties in what it actually did was it reframed our version of what being happy at work and being happy in life personally now looks like and feels like and that yeah. is how can i recreate what we just had during the pandemic minus the pandemic 
right? So minus, minus <laughs> people dying. That's a way of covering that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minus people dying. How can I get that? Now, I now a disclaimer, because I don't want to come off as this entitled guy who, you know, now I am in a unique position to where I am able to do this because of what I do, how I do it, and those different things. So I, so I realize everybody doesn't have the ease of doing it. Mm-hmm. But what I will tell you is, is I do believe a lot of people have gotten a taste of it and they're now like, ah, uh, yeah, maybe it's not as extreme as moving to another country, but it certainly is. Wait a second. I was making that money doing working at the restaurant. Right. And now I can go make that same money or more by doing this online because I had to figure it out and I had to take some kind of job during the pandemic. Otherwise I wasn't going to make any money. Right. Which it wasn't what that wasn't on my career path. Right. And that's not what I got a degree for or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And now, so it's, it's, it's just reframed it. And I know it's a long rant, but it's not a long rant. And, but I, I love, this is life calculus. This is not a changing a job. This is a possibility that was, almost um accidentally discovered yes yes presented by a window in time where you are you only need an internet to do what you do you've figured out how to how to thrive and make a living for your family and all you need is the internet your wife learned probably you didn't say this but i would say watching you say yes. you know huh that's interesting he's a guy that used to have a business with people and buildings and brick and mortar. Yes. Right. And so she so, saw that. Go ahead. So there's a, so there's a, there, there, there's an, so I'm, I'm giving, I'm going to give some personal context so we can add the layers of how this relates. Okay. I don't have a college degree. Um, so, so, so there's that extreme that's happening out in the world. My mm-hmm. wife not only has a college degree, she also has two masters. So we're, we're on polar opposites of the academic you, the traditional, you've got to do it this way, and this is how mm-hmm. we've both broken the mold in different respects and said, "No, we're just yeah. going to do our own thing. We're going to we're going to speed up our retirement by just do our own thing." Right, right. And, and I would argue for our listeners, and I'm going to cover a couple of things you didn't cover because I think you're you're a humble guy, uh, but I've learned a lot from you and and how you've d- done this. I think the fact that you've realized entrepreneur of the year in Kentucky without a college degree has given you a fearlessness to embrace and not be afraid of taking on you know, what other people in, in our world, myself included, yeah. might feel a little risky. Yeah. Um, and so like, so there's the openness. So that's not to say that you're brashly making a decision, but the openness to consider the decision was, was more, I guess, available to you just on in terms of your your life outlook but you also told me you didn't tell the kids you're doing this you invited them in to the discussion which i thought was a really beautiful move on your part and a few weeks later not only are they yeah that sounds cool but they're taking porch lessons in portuguese right which is another and that's available i would probably say for free uh you know by and large there's a lot of a lot of stuff that's available out out there. there right yeah like I've been using Duolingo to try to brush up on learning some fundamental Spanish during during the pandemic. But that's the math. So those of you who are parents can appreciate this. What's the first thing that you realize when you have kids? Oh, I can't relocate so easily. And oh, where the schools are matters more. Didn't care about that where I lived before, but now matters. 
So I know you did your homework. You looked at the schooling situation. Sure. You looked at healthcare, yeah. which is another one. Yeah. And I would yeah. argue that is one of the biggest problems this com- country faces in America for entrepreneurs having yeah. to pay for insurance for myself on my own without so, the company so, covering its nut for the last 10 years. So, so I'll give some real world numbers to put to context of this. I, and okay. Steve knows this. I'm very, very transparent. I got no problem sharing you know, different details. Um, on top of all of this, as Steve mentioned, I also have now kind of taken on a new role and a new company aspect and a new thing that Steve and I'm sure we'll get into in one of these episodes um, as well. But um, so insurance, my wife had really good insurance teaching. Um, but if we go pro- we private insurance uh, for a family of five is somewhere in the neighborhood of it's equivalent to what she had is somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month. Um, to give in you Portugal. kind, of, no, 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 in the no. United States. Oh, in the U.S. Okay, in okay. the in the United States. Okay. Um, so to so to so to build some framework, um, and people ask why Portugal because I'm sure at this point we've mentioned it enough. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the third safest country in the world. Um, it there to in comparison, and by the way, when I speak of this. Someone I'm sure is going to take offense to it. I don't hate America. I am a blue-blooded patriot. Um, mm-hmm. if, I'm, I'm, I love America. I'm not leaving because I hate America. I'm leaving because it is a better situation financially and as a business move for my family. And yeah, it's that's a vote what for you and your family. Yes. It's not a vote against yes. something because you're yes. voting for something. So, yes. so when you look at safest countries in the world, uh, United States is ranked 136th. If you actually look at the list, if you've never traveled outside of the United States and you've not traveled because you're like, oh, well, you know, it's not very safe. And you see some of the countries that are ranked safer than the United States. It's a wake up call to a lot of people. Um, healthcare, their healthcare is ranked 11th in the world. United States is ranked like 28. Right. Family of five private health care insurance compared to the fifteen hundred two thousand dollars a month, which, by the way, still has copay. Still has out-of-pocket expenses. Mm-hmm. Still has all these different things. In Portugal, it a family of five. The best possible out-of-pocket um, health insurance for us is about two hundred forty dollars a month. Um, now their medical system is I think free. We might have a problem with the internet because I'm not sure I heard you no, right. No, two hundred twenty-four thousand a month. Did you say? No, no, two hundred and forty dollars a Wait. month. You got it confused. Is that a euro or is nope, that a dollar? Nope, nope, nope. That's converted. <laughs> That's converted to dollars. So, oh um, my gosh, how do so, they do and, that? Like, are they taxing well, people for other so things? Like, they what? are. Yeah, their tax yeah. system is hot. But now, here's what's crazy. So, um, now their public system is free. So, you don't actually even have to have that once you get there and you get settled. Meaning, if you go to a public hospital and you mm-hmm. have a broken arm, you don't pay anything. You don't pay anything at all. You go in, you fill out some paperwork, they take care of you, and they mm-hmm. say, hey, thanks. Come back and see us if you ever need us again. <laughs> so public, public, you get access to more English-speaking doctors, these different things. Things all you would think about, by pri- or private insurance, you, that's what you get, right? Yep. Um, you, you get access to, we're only, I'll be honest with you, the biggest reason we're doing it is because of the children's um, hospital and medical that gets added to it. Uh, so Johns Hopkins, um, their, uh, their children's hospital in... Madrid, I think, um, mm-hmm. is in network, so it doesn't cost me anything extra to go there. Wow. To give you context, um, I spoke to a gentleman a couple months ago. 
He had a colonoscopy. He was out $7. He was out $7 out of pocket. Um, it's not like, so, so, so that definitely plays a factor into these things. Cost of living is about half of what it is here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, it just right, makes, it right. just makes sense financially. And then, and then there's the part that I got excited about having spent five years of my childhood in South Africa and having spent a summer in high school in France. You can't even put a dollar value on the mind-blowing education that your kids are going to get exposed to culturally, yeah. from a language perspective, on so many dimensions. And you know, I've told my my kids, I really, really strongly, strongly encourage them to spend at least a year in a non-English speaking country. It'll just it'll be the best thing you ever did. And they'll, oh, I'm gonna miss sports and you know, can't do that. I'm like, yeah, you're thinking short term, you're not thinking long term. Yeah, yeah, the fact yeah. that your kids are embracing this testament to your your parenting, but that's part of the upside, you know, that, that it's not that that's life calculus, you know, in, yeah. in a very massive way. And that's a gift that, you know, is hard, really hard to measure. And I love your story, Shane. And then thank you for the the transparency on that. And we're, we're going to keep doing yes. these episodes through this. So we're going to probably, yeah. we yeah, may yeah, want to yeah. do a different rhythm, like checking on with uh, uh, the Howards and, and how, how things are going. But I'm so excited uh, about what is possible today for you and what the adventure you guys are going on. But we're seeing you're a microcosm, I think. And maybe you're a little bit ahead of the curve of what we're going to see in the world, which I think is going to be phenomenally interesting. And if we blow it up a little bit more, organizations are also thinking differently about their business, their customer base, what products they're offering, what employees are right for them. And that's changing too. While the under, you know, it's like imagine an ocean and you got all these undertoes going, you don't even know what's happening. And all this is happening at once. And so, for example, we talked in the last episode, McDonald's is having to think differently about recruiting a different worker. They're having to think differently about wages. Amazon's having to think differently around, we want to realize our destiny. We're going to need more people. Restaurants are going to think, having to think differently. We need to do delivery. We're getting killed. Our margins are getting killed by all these delivery companies. We need to get a piece of that. So all that's playing out. It's creating new opportunities and new ways of looking at the world. And I don't think we know what it all means yet, but I do believe we're in for a decade of massive change like we've never seen before for people in new roles and companies doing things differently. Absolutely. Um, And I think the article, the original article you shared with me was the Great Resignation And, um, I think really what it's hinting to is like you said, this great change, this great reset, this great, you know, um, uh, realignment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of this, of this, of this, uh, this, this work quake (laughs) that, uh, that has happened in our life. I will get, we'll get more to the book. Yeah. yeah. Just giving a little product placement there. But, Mm -hmm. um, so, so let me ask you this, um, because I think, what are you, you, you obviously are, I mean, I'm biased, but you're one of the foremost experts on the future of work. You, you literally live, eat and breathe it. That's what you do. Um, what's going to happen. So we talk about the great resignation. I think that, that, that word, that wording that they've come up with there is in relation to Business is trying to go back to pre-COVID way of doing business, 
and people saying, I'm not going to do that, so here's my keys. What does that look like over the next 90, 120 days? And is it like, like, is it as scary as what they're making it out to be? Should, you know, what, what should leaders be looking out for? Like what, like, you you know what I'm like, like what? Yeah. Well, let me run, let me, let me reframe, well, frame it the way that I'm, that I'm thinking about it, which is they use terms like the great resignation because that Mm -hmm. gets headlines and that gets people riled up and it gets sort of like a a shock to the system. Like, whoa, people Mm -hmm. are going to resign. Yeah. People are going to resign and it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen 30, 60, 90 days. And here's why. Think of all the things, Shane, that you just covered that are part of your decision process. Yeah. You know, your wife changing careers. Okay, she's in a place where that was facilit- could be facilitated yes. relatively yes. quickly. Now, other people are in circumstances where it's not so easy to facilitate. I got daycare. I got to look care uh, care for a disabled family member. I have elder parents that I need to be here for. I can't afford to change my schedule. I can't move to a different city. I can't change my hours. You know, there everyone has different limits and different things. So it's going to take some time to untangle. That's why I say might not happen this year. It's going to happen a little more next year. But three years, we are going to see massive change uh, because that's, you know, takes a while. My mom ran um, a business for a while uh, with an organization that consulted with towns and companies around childcare. And we might have talked about this before. A little bit. I forget that the challenge with, setting up a new daycare is companies believe, oh, if we put on-site childcare, all the employees are going to do it. No, they can't put them right away because they already have a rhythm of life with other people taking care of kids and things. It takes six, nine, sometimes 12, 15 months for those things to cycle through. That's why when people say, oh, Silicon Valley's toast, everyone's going to Austin. I'm like, no, it doesn't happen like that. It may happen, but people have families and in education needs and schools and seasons of life that they have to untangle to pursue different things. So I, I understand that having a number of kids on my own, I have five kids too, just like you, Shane. And, and so, you know, you see, you, you, you see the different puts and takes and challenges that people have to sort of figure this out. And I've relocated people over the course of my career and you understand the things that they have to go to. That's hard to do. People move when they move in the summer. Why? Cause the school year's over. That's mm-hmm. when people move. Mm-hmm. So I would guess three summers from now, we're going to see something like we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And maybe those changes won't need to happen with a move because of mm-hmm. the facilitation of people being able to work from home. And that's the biggest one that I that I'm that I get excited about. It's like depends on where you fall on this one. If you think people are not going back to retail and hotels and restaurants because they got a stimulus check or because they're lazy and they got unemployment, okay, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. I tend to look at it as like, well, I think that forced them to do something different, to think, to try a different trade, maybe put some YouTubes together. I don't know, make some music and throw it out there on SoundCloud. I don't know, but there's, there's a time and, and there's a lot of studies on this that show in times of crisis, innovation happens. Yep. Just so happens in the last recession we had 2007, eight, nine, double mortgage crisis, banks went down, people lost homes, people lost jobs. 30 of the unicorns today were founded during that time. 30. Billion dollar value companies in a time of all this crisis. Why? And there's a lot of research on this because in times of trauma, we slow down. We are forced to get a little more intense. We see problems differently. 
And we notice things that when we're just chilling through life and cruising, we don't always already notice. And so I, I'm an optimist. I know you're an optimist. I'm really excited, but also curious of what this will reveal to us. Do you, do you think, do you think there's a better way of, I mean, I, yes, I do agree. The great resignation gets a bunch of clicks and gets people to panic and the oh shits of what's happening. Right. Um, right. But, but do you think there is a, a version of it that what it actually did was gave a bunch of people confidence that they didn't realize that they had, like they for like you're forced to like, so I went through traumatic experiences as a child growing up and it developed a level of confidence of survival of, I believe in myself. Whether mm -hmm. anybody else does or not, no one mm -hmm. around, everyone around me is telling me I'm not going to ever do anything. I'm going to be a waste of life. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that because I've, mm -hmm. I, I, I program these things. So it's forced people like I, I guess probably I need to have a conversation with my wife. Like, did this <laughs> give you a level of confidence that you just like you didn't know you had that mm -hmm. now it's like because you're forced to deal with it. That's right. That's right. So call it a yeah, forced training wheels to learn how to yeah. ride the bike. Like yeah. you don't have a choice. You're good. You're going to have to do it. You yeah. lost just your push job you down the hill, take the wheels right. train, and just, just pedal, just start. That's pedaling. right. That's right. I mean, think about it as a, as a coach, Shane, you've coached kids. I've coached kids. There's kids that are absolutely sure. There's no way I'm going to hit that baseball. It's yep. just not going to happen. I'm going to get hit. I'm pretty sure it's going to yep. hurt. I'm yep. not going up there. I'm not going to do it. Come on, come on, come on. So finally they go up there, they hit the ball. They don't run to first. Cause they're just like, what did yeah. I, oh, I, I just hit I that ball? It. Yeah, And so then it's just feeding on itself. And we've been this, this imposition, this hostile takeover of our world by this pandemic, I think is going to produce opportunities. And I think you're, you're really great to call out that, you know, the infusion of confidence and well, maybe I can do this. So, you know, maybe I can. So, 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 so that goes into my next question. So now as a leader, how do you deal? Cause, cause is it fair to say, do you think that historically employees and staff, I hate the word, but employees and staff, there was a sense of fear. Like, like I'm scared to disrupt my job. I'm scared to, I'm scared to push back. Like I have to, I need the job. Like I, I gotta have the job. So I don't want to disrupt this. Mm -hmm. And now we all kind of got exposed in some form or fashion during the pandemic. Leaders are now crying on video calls with their team because they don't they don't know what to do, and they're you know that they're they're showing a level of vulnerability and weakness that your team normally wouldn't have seen. Did it level? Do you think? I mean, I, the the playing field will never be level when we're talking about leadership. To that won't happen, but. And it goes back. Did they instill a level of confidence now in the team where the team is now comfortable in saying, I'm just not going to do this. I don't, I don't have to do this. Yeah. I, here, that's a great observation. Here, here's what I would do is say the pandemic didn't happen in a vacuum. What were the, what were the waves that were coming on shore before the pandemic? Growth of gig opportunities, growth of these new platforms where I can make money without working for the man. Me seeing on social media, other people making money without having to have a job growing awareness that hmm, I'm not sure I could do that, but I'm seeing a lot of other people do it. So there must be something there, right? So that I think there's a, a greater comfort level with something different being mm -hmm. possible. Meanwhile, what is LinkedIn's, the LinkedIn's of the world and Glassdoor's will expose you to yeah. 
different things you can do without a college degree, different things you could do if you have a lame history degree like I do. Like you can do millions of things and more is possible than mm -hmm. ever before. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yes. Now, I will also tell you with all that great possibility and all that new choice, we have the most um, disengaged and the lowest level of job satisfaction since we've been measuring it because we also know what we don't have more than ever before. I see what I can have, but I also see when I do choose that I don't have what someone else has somewhere else and or in a sensationalist, sensationalist life that Facebook is presenting, which is just not true all the time, right? They're not showing all, all the downsides. So, so we have this interesting wave of these other things that are happening. So the pandemic, I think, has jarred people if you lost your job or you, you found yourself in a situation where mm, it's not what I wanted it to be. And the pandemic is also what I love about the pandemic is exposed leadership like never before. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, hard times are when you see what people are made of and we see people who are bad actors being revealed and we see people who are incredible leaders coming out of nowhere. Absolutely. And that's true for companies, organizations, countries, schools. Yep. I mean, the, yep. what I've learned about our our school district here during this whole thing and what I've learned about teachers unions, like a whole bunch of things have been exposed to me that I was, was not part of my normal thing. So mm -hmm. here's a story I'll tell you, then I'll flip it back to you. Every friend that I know in my working life that has been fired, laid off, let go. I, I shouldn't say everyone, 90% of my friends that have been in that situation wind up in a better place after. Why? Because we get comfortable. And when we are forced to have to do something new, and when you lose, you're just like, okay, well, now I'm going to choose. Before, I was like, if I look for a job, I'm going to piss off my company. They're going to find out I'm looking. I'm going to get slapped in the wrist and not going to get eligible for that bonus. That's gone now. Now it's like, okay, I'm yeah. going to write my screenplay for myself. And wow, I got a very colorful set of markers that I can use to write a new screenplay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so really, when we actually take a step back, we should not be surprised that this is happening. It's just never really happened to this extent in the professional world. Meaning what happens, right? Like, um, I mean, you know, I've been through a divorce, right? Um, marriage, we get a little comfortable, right? Like you, you know, you, yeah. you, you, you're, you're not as concerned with the shape that you're in health wise. You're not as concerned with, you know, um, you know, you're ironing your clothes every time, you know, you, 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 you get a level of, of complacency, right? What happens mm -hmm. when, what happens when that ends, right? For a lot of people, a lot of people, all of a sudden, you know, you can almost kind of tell, and I'd mm -hmm. say, I'd say in your, not from a judgment standpoint, male and female, I would say in your time of working around big companies, somebody would come around, you hadn't seen them in a while and they got a different bounce to them and they've lost some weight and, you know, they're going to the gym. You're kind of like, ah, yeah, relationship. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, I know what's going on here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I know what's going on here. So, mm -hmm. so, so these, these life things, right? And, and you framed it in a way that I think is perfect, this work quake. That's how you named your book, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Work Quake. This, this work quake happened that caused us to reevaluate our life and where are we happy. You've mentioned this too of, and I had this same conversation probably six months into the pandemic, a lot of people found out whether or not they had a really good marriage or not. A lot of people found out whether or not they actually um, were happy in their marriage. A lot of mm -hmm. people found out whether or not they actually 
had a good intimate connection with their spouse, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people found out that their teacher who's teaching their kids that they've been griping and complaining about because their kid was coming home and they were getting on the teacher. They were emailing the teacher saying, I apologize, please come take this animal out of my house. Right. <laughs> so like a lot of this stuff happened. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, or the people who thought they had a coworker that they couldn't stand being around. Now they're stuck around their family working. They're like, I'm, I am Missing sorry. That coworker. <laughs> I am sorry. Like I will never right. complain. I am sorry. Right. Yeah. Because I've had, not that you don't love the people, not that you don't, it's not what you want that you find out in a lot of ways it's reflection, right? So mm -hmm. of who you are. And that's what me and my wife are doing. It's like a reflection. Now we are happen to be really aligned. We communicate really, really well. We communicate with our kids. We, I give my kids a voice. So let's, let's, let's make a move with this, but how, like we shouldn't be surprised at this. What is it from a leadership standpoint that you're telling leaders on how to prepare because this is coming. This mm -hmm. work quake is like, there's going to be aftershocks mm -hmm. from this, right? There's It's going to keep happening. There's little things, more cracks are going to show in the foundation as we start to get back in and assess the damage. Yeah. I was on a, a prep call right before you and I jumped on this one with a, a firm, a big firm that has invited me to come speak to their leaders next week. And we were sort of getting ready, like, hey, what's on their mind? What's going on? And they're saying, oh, yeah, we've heard about the future of work, you know, and, you know, give us a unique spin on it. And it was about it was, this is a leadership session. And here, Shane, this is how I this is how I see this in the most, I think, interesting and optimistic way. And the, what the pandemic helped facilitate is in a world that is changing fast, in a world that is increasingly unpredictable, in a world for business that's hard to plan, businesses don't really know what skills they need. Employees don't really know what skills they need to build. They both have the same problem, which is kind of an interesting topic in and of itself. But in a world where you don't really know the future, what you need are people who can adapt and who can adjust and who are going to learn and grow. That's what you really need. And this is a big part of what I talk about in Workquake. And what the pandemic did, interestingly, is it's forced us to realize that, you know, Shane, if you're, let's say you and I are on the same team, I'm your boss, you're my employee, and I call you, what's going on in your life matters to me now. I need to know you. And that is the big game on for leaders. Because if something's not right at your home, you're not going to be delivering for me. And I need to help you solve that. And before it was like, uh oh, that's personal. Don't do that. But you got a sick family member. You're caring for your parents living at home. You're not going to be wanting to come in for a meeting with a whole bunch of people. Your math just changed in terms of your personal safety. I need to know. Plus, I'm in your house on, on Zoom more often. So I can see that, you know, Nike is kind of a brand that's got significance to you in your life somehow, somewhere. And so that is what I see as leaders. Like We are going to have to raise the game of understanding not just who you are, what's going on in your life, but what's your journey? Because you got more choice now than ever before. So I want to know where are you going, what's on with you. And that's the, I mean, there's, I mean, I could answer this question for hours, Shane, but that's yeah, the yeah. first one that comes to mind. So, you know? so, so is it safe to say that skill set as a leader, um, it's time to hone empathy, it's time Huge. to hone emotional intelligence. Yep. And it's time to sit down. And 
be comfortable with uncomfortable because most there are really good leaders out there who are definitely engaged with their team. They definitely know what's going on, but we probably need to sit down and have some conversations about just tell me, look, this is a place of safety. I'm not going to hold anything against you that you share with me, whether it's me personally, the company, I just need to know what are your plans? What are, what, like what's, what's playing out in your head? Like, what is right. your career? Has your career outlook changed? Has your time here changed? If so, I want to help you. I want to help facilitate a transition into something that is more meaningful for you because we all need more meaning. Like, that's actually how we should do it. That's right. right? That's right. Right. That's how we should do it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it, it historically hasn't happened. Is that the, is that the, because because you've talked about this, the Silicon Valley bells and whistles, and I'm going to cover your laptop. And we got a vending machine. Anytime you need a new laptop, just go click the vending machine. And mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. exist for the people who are unaware. <laughs> um, you know, so or or we've got unlimited. You know, every Thursday we're going to have all you can eat Indian food here, and, and Tuesdays is Italian food. And um, mm-hmm. you know, we've got a massage therapist once a month. You can book at no charge. Mm-hmm. Drop your laundry off. We'll do it. That mm-hmm. doesn't nest that doesn't carry the same weight anymore as somebody saying, Hey, just tell me, like, share with me a little bit about what you need so that I can figure out how to help you get there. That's right. And that's a more honest conversation that is based on I care about you over the entirety of your career, not just when you work for me. So so and is that the uh, and I don't mean to interrupt you and I apologize, mm-hmm. is that so is that the new, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Is that the new leverage? Norm? Is that the new, uh, the differentiator, the competitive advantage from a leadership standpoint? Because right now, what's the, what's, what's the headline that coexists with this? We're struggling to hire. We can't hire people. So is that is that the competitive advantage? Human leadership, as you've put it, more leadership has to be more human coming mm-hmm. out of COVID, right? The future of work has to be more human. Yeah. And, and, you know, look at the cases of stress, anxiety, burnout, depression, human connection, feeling a part of something, feeling like uh, you're you're in an environment that's psychologically safe where there's trust. This is the, the, the rub that I that I see. You know, I was just on another webinar today with a bunch of entrepreneurs in France that want to, you know, think like, what, what should we know about hiring Americans? And, you know, we, we move really fast in, in you know, sure. in France and you know, we want to hire people really fast. And I said, well, how long does it take to build trust? That's as fast as you can go. Yep. Can you build trust in a day? You're going to hire someone in a day? No, you're not. Right. So don't give me this. We, we work fast kind of stuff. And that's where I think that at the end of the day, this is why I was excited when, when I had the opportunity to go to LinkedIn. I was like, you know what I love about LinkedIn? It's going to reveal all those bad managers yeah. because people are going to see who's leaving, who's staying, who's going. And they can't hide anymore. And I've worked for companies that hid the bad managers because they brought in the big numbers and they can't do that anymore as much. They're still out there. Don't get me wrong. Didn't, we didn't cure the whole problem. But that that's the kind of way I'm looking at this opportunity is that it is about connecting with people. And this is where the soft skills have been mislabeled as soft. They actually should be called power skills. And you know whether it's Josh Burson or a bunch of other people who came up with that, this is the language that people are increasingly talking about. It's what CEOs I speak to say, I need people who can communicate, who have empathy, who have critical thinking, who are ability to express themselves, who ability to have hard conversations because the future work is not going to be easy. It's going to be making some hard trade-offs 
And I want to be able to have an environment where people trust each other. And you're going to give me your best if you know I trust you. If you feel safe telling me, Steve, yeah, not such a great decision. I think we should go left. And you said right. And I say, okay, well, tell me about that. And here's the other thing. The trap that I see most leaders fall into today, Shane, is they're trying to they're trying to look like they're in control. They are you are not in control. And guess what? Your people care about you more when you're authentic and real and you trip and you go, my bad. If you trip and you go, hey, that was your fault, you tripped me. Well, then forget it. It's over. But if you trip and you go, my fault, even if the other, even if your team member tripped you and you go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I tripped. I'm, are you okay? You know, that builds loyalty. We have got a crisis. Now's the time. You can build loyalty with your people more than any other. Being the bigger person as a leader, you will, you will win 10 times out of 10. That's right. 10 times right. out of 10. So, man, I, I, Steve, I tell you what, you know, your, your insight is, is, is so valuable uh, for our listeners. Um, and, and we definitely have a lot of leaders. So before we wrap this up, I want to ask, ask a question in a different way for a different group because okay. I think sometimes we may be forget that these people also listen in. So we've kind of given some insight to the leader, the people mm -hmm. doing the hiring, the people running the businesses, the people starting the businesses. A large majority of our society, the largest majority of our society is going to continue to be the support teams, the, the people that are, that are doing the heavy lifting at all these places, right? The staff, the employees, the team members, mm -hmm. what advice would you give them on engaging, going back to work, on on reengaging with leadership, on showing up and looking out. Maybe they quit their job and now they're trying to decide where they want to go. What's some off the cuff? Again, we haven't we haven't talked about this, so I'm kind of mm -hmm. throwing you a curveball here. But um, you know, what's some off the cuff? Hey, here's you know, here's maybe some a different way to think of this. Okay, if I'm um, an individual contributor, that's the HR lingo, Shane, yeah. that we call uh, okay. people you're talking okay. to. <laughs> okay. All right. If I'm an individual contributor out there in the world right now, what I'm, what I'm think, what I would want to be thinking, and I got children just like you got children. We're we're preparing them for sort of this this crazy world where we're told in the next ten years half the jobs that exist don't even exist today. What I'm doing is say, look at your career as a laboratory of learning, and from one opportunity to the next, you want to be able to glean what am I good at, what do I like doing. Who are the people I like doing it with and, and trying to understand what environments produce the best in me? Do I like high pressure? Do I like low pressure? Do I like fast deadlines, long deadlines? Do I like teamwork? Do I like being an individual warrior? What is that? Because if you're relatively early on your journey, you just don't know and that's okay. But you, that's why I like change in careers early because you yeah. got a sample from the buffet table of the careers. Yeah. Yeah. And if those, all those people say lock and load, be an accountant forever, be HR forever, be what? No, that I think that's very short sighted in a world where there's so much choice. So what you want to do from, if you're going to make a move from one organization to the next is try to narrow the funnel of what you like doing, what you're really good at, because that will, that will lead you to more dream job discovery and more opportunities and more satisfaction. And Absolutely. the fact is there are tons of different kinds of dream jobs out there, but here's the other word of caution I would tell you. And I know we've had this conversation offline. The grass is always greener. Every company's got warts. Every leader's got warts. No one's perfect. And it always looks cleaner over there. And I've rehired dozens of people in my career that thought, 
the shiny object and you fill in the blank because I've rehired them. They went to Apple, came back, went to Twitter, came back, went to Facebook, came back, went to Google, came back. And I've had people that have left me and never came back and they went back to their prior employer. So I'm not saying that I'm always the, the sure. sharpest tool in the shed, sure. but I'm telling you that it always seems better over there because you aren't in there yet and you don't know what it is. Yeah. So before you jump, really, really take a stock and say, maybe there's a different place I could go in my organization because I built some relationship equity. I put some time in here. They probably have old world benefits, which mean the longer I'm here, the more vacation I get. Do I really want to give that up? Like, don't just jump because you think, you know, oh, I, I, my boss doesn't like me. So if I get another job in the company, they're going to try to undermine me or sabotage me. Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah. Right. And some people I feel jump too soon before really doing their homework. Absolutely. And, and so I'm, my, my advice in this is the same advice that I would give a leader to an individual contributor as you were, as you were today, <laughs> right? So I'm going to pick up the HR lingo here, the, the individual contributor, right? Meaning model and improve on the same things that you wish your leaders had. If it's empathy, model that same empathy with them, because let's be real. Um, the same stuff you went through with your family, people dying, pandemic, uncertainty, those same, your leaders went through that too. So a little bit of empathy, they are deserved. Now they have to earn. Yes, they, I, I get all that, but having that empathy towards them, we have to do that, right? We have to do that. We, we can't, we can't just throw stones at the, you know, at the crown and just say, hey, you know, that you, you have to be perfect. All, no, if we want them to accept us for being more human and more real and more emotionally intelligent, then we have to expect the same and we have to model that back. We, we all deserve that as, as a team. If we, we, can't, we, we can't be one way, but expect you to be treat me different, right? Um, and, then, and then the other piece of it is if you want, if you don't know you have those things, I would, I would, I would argue that emotional intelligence is maybe something that most individual contributors can work on. They, that's some, that's an area where, you know, I've had friends ask me, Hey man, I'm thinking about leaving my job. Like what should I learn to code? Should I no learn mm -hmm. humans, learn mm -hmm. how humans work. Mm -hmm. I have a gift. I know how human behavior works. It just so happens. I know how to articulate that into making money. I know how to articulate that into helping Steve solve a problem. I know how to articulate that into, you know, giving a talk and having people cry because it connects with them and engages with them. So learn human interaction, learn a level or increase. Even if you think you have emotional intelligence, I continue to work on it. I always try. I want to find something that's going to make me feel and make me cry and then try to dive into that. Right. That's mm -hmm. how you do it. You put yourself in situations that aren't comfortable you watch the TV show that you're like, I'm watching this. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to cry. Like, I know I'm going to cry. Yeah, watch mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. then figure out why ask yourself mm -hmm. why that made you tear up. Why did you feel that? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's okay mm -hmm. to feel that. So that would be my advice is model what you, what you expect from your leaders, model that to them. And then also work on those things that you, that, that you know, those things we can always work on. Even if you're a, even if you work at a factory, even if you work at a, you know, on a construction site, learning empathy, learning emotional intelligence, those, you literally can use that in any level of any place in life. 
And that would that would be my advice. Yeah, that's great. And Shane, I see you modeling that as a leader to your kids. Um, and that's a great, I mean, parenting is probably the best leadership training that there can be. Yeah. And if you look at all those books, like Green Eggs and Ham is probably the best change management uh, book on the on the shelves of a bookstore. Yeah. I mean, really, it really is. And you know, when we when we've when I've been doing some senior executive recruiting, I mean, we we look at the whole human being, you know, and to try to figure out is this a good play for them? Um, do they have some, you know, some gray hairs, if you will, not not literally, but do they have some gray hairs for life to understand? Yeah. You know, it's about forgiving, it's about um, working together, it's about building trust. You know, that's that's probably the best advice that anyone ever told me that careers are really built on trust, not hard work. Hard work tends to build trust, but trust is what you're going after. It's not the hard work for for itself, you know, and, and so, that's uh, interesting. So so I'm, I'm going to expose you and I both personally here. Now, you okay. have no idea that I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do this. <laughs> you and I, in a very short period of time, and I'm sharing a nugget in real life that maybe a listener will hear this and pick up something from it. You and I, in a very short time, have grown very close to each other. Mm-hmm. There's been a massive level of trust that has happened both ways in different ways that has had to happen for us to go start down this new path that we're going to go down. Mm -hmm. How do you think, what is your observation and how, how did we develop? Cause you said trust can't happen overnight, right? I think mm -hmm. we both agree there, right? Mm -hmm. No, but you're not going to get married to your soulmate after meeting them for a day. That's not going to happen. That's right. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure somebody's tried it, but it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. So what, what is your observation? Because this is a real world thing that's outside the future of work. It's outside big business. It's out. Why do you think you and I have developed such a, a very, really strong level of trust in like you in a different way than me, but both really big steps in that? Why, why do you think that is? I think we both have a pretty reasonably high level of self-awareness what we're good at and what we're not good at. Mm -hmm. I think you have a very high signal when you're asking me a question from the minute we met that there was a meaningful question. It mm -hmm. wasn't a, there was no fluff. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, whether you're into this or not, like I know from my Myers-Briggs test, I know from my Scorpio horoscope, I know my sister is a feng shui master and she's mm -hmm. told me stuff about myself. I was like, yeah. how the heck did you know that? It's so true. Like, I think there's a, there's a level of self-awareness and I feel the transparency that you've shared with me on your personal journey drew me to you quickly because I feel I do the same thing. Yeah. So, and that was sort of, I don't know, what do you want? Coincidental, you yeah. know, you were, you and I were both sort of, we, we collided in the internet somewhere and then all of a sudden, boom, we're in front of each other and you, you got through quickly. Because, because of the pandemic. That's right. So this, this, there you go. There this you go. thing. Yeah, yeah, is is for has been has forced us in this situation, and you're right. So you and I, what I noticed about you was very similar to me. Of we were able to say, yeah, here's my resume. Yeah, here's all these cool things, but let me tell you about the shit that nobody wants to talk about about mm -hmm. me. And I laid mine out there. I can't remember. I think we both kind of shared some stuff. And then I was like, look, I'm just going to tell you, like, like, here's who I am. That's how I, but anybody who's ever met me knows if you've met me for more than 10 minutes, I'm just going to tell you, cause I'm going to get it out there. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to invest in this relationship. If something about that's going to put you off. So we're not going to, 
I'm not going to, that's how I hired people. That's just how mm -hmm. I go about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, you did the same thing. You shared with me some very intimate, personal things about your journey and your life and failures and mistakes. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, yeah, you like, cool. Now, all right, then, then, and then, and then it just organically, because we communicated openly to each other mm -hmm. and, and it just happened. So, um, it's interesting, and, Shane, because what, uh, it's interesting, you complete curveball here throwing this at me, but now that I've got a second to think about it, what's really interesting is we both had a curiosity about the other for reasons that we didn't, the other didn't know. Like sure. you didn't know that I had a book coming out. No, you know, no you didn't idea. know that work, Workquake was in the queue. You didn't know that I was pretty, might have been living in Silicon Valley, but I was very unsophisticated with digital marketing. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> you didn't yeah. know. I sort of knew like, hey, how did this guy find me? And he's got some, you know, hackers figuring out how to do some algorithm, not hackers, but you know, you've got a bunch <laughs> yeah, yeah, of yeah, 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 people yeah. in your on your team that yeah. are very sharp and you're very sharp and you're very, what I say the word is prescient. Like you see the future in ways that other people don't see it. Mm -hmm. And I saw that pretty quickly. Uh, and so I was like, huh, I want to get to know this guy. And I didn't, I didn't have an objective. I didn't. No, other yeah. than well, I most of our conversations were personal right. and talking about kids and family and sports and going mm -hmm. back and forth. And then one day you came and mm -hmm. said, Hey, you know, I've got this business situation. Can you just give me your insight? And right. I gave you my insight and you were like, well, what would you do? I was like, mm -hmm. are you asking me like my opinion? Or are you asking me to like, work for you he's like well, i don't know like what like I, like this like just tell me i'm like well i'll just tell you what i would do if i was in your shoes and then we'll figure that out and you know there's a level yep. of authenticity that's just happened there and um it kind of i don't know maybe i don't know why i brought it up but i think because i wanted people to kind of know like they see this dynamic of you yeah. and i on here and they maybe they don't have a whole lot of context and maybe because i think it looks like we've been friends for a really long time and you know right I mean, it, it feels that way it, fe it feels that way yeah. But I wanted to give people some context because I think this is the part that ultimately what I hit on from an advice standpoint of just like, and there's a level of authenticity. So for you and I, we went back and forth and we just like the, the communicate, there was really good communication there. I'm a, I'm mm -hmm. an over communicator. I, I, you know, I so much so that I had to pull back some, so I'm not, you know, I'm not bombarding you with stuff, but, um, yeah, it's just it's I've been it's been a really really cool you know we're but I know. I can tell you why you brought it up because you 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 uh, were on a track of we're here because of the pandemic and that's yeah. sort of the reframe and the yeah. opportunities that are landing in our lap and you know I'm going to throw this out to to our listeners to our viewers you know I sit on a board of directors for a company today that came to me in the most unbelievably unexpected way. I was called three summers ago, a friend of mine's kid is at a summer camp at Stanford and they had some speaker back out. Would I just come over there and talk to a bunch of teenagers about the future work? And I was like, he's a good friend. So I'm like, okay, sure, I'll do it. And I was like, oh man, you know, I'd rather be, you know, playing tennis or going for a bike ride or hanging out with my kids. So I took it. I went over there, did my thing, got into it. There was maybe 40 kids, a few counselors. A year later, I get a phone call for this keynote, this conference in LA, it's a huge law firm. They've got like 500 of their clients coming in this huge auditorium. It happened to be during March Madness. It was the night before March Madness and the games are going to be played in the LA Coliseum. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do the conference and go see March Madness. So it worked out. 
at the end of the conference, the guy who runs the law firm came up to me and says, hey, do you know how I found you? I go, no. He goes, my son was at this camp last year, some technology camp, and he heard you speak. I go, your 14-year-old son? Mm-hmm. And he thought you're phenomenal. So we looked up your background, and that's how I found you to speak here. And here's where the story gets even better. He's like, hey, um, during the during the conference, a woman was in the audience, and she emailed me. Would you? I have a super impressed by what you said. I have a company. We're looking to fill a board spot. Would you be interested in talking to me about that? Summer camp, last minute fill in, found to speak at a conference sitting in a position where I get offered, you never know where this stuff's going to happen. And Shane, because of the pandemic, these kinds of collisions, all kinds of different collisions are happening in different ways. Keep your eyes open, people. You never know where yeah. something's going to connect. And, you know, maybe, you know, the the couple that you said, hey, we're thinking about, you know, Portugal. I mean, that was just kind of fate. Yeah. And now you guys and are- you and I. Yeah. This is like like some life changing things because we were self aware, right? We had our, and and we just were naturally engaged, right? And the patterns of our our daily yeah. routines on massive scale just got changed. Yep. So the marbles are going to be flying in different directions, you know, on, on on this you know marble board of life in the next three years, and I think it's super interesting, super fascinating. Absolutely, absolutely, man! What an episode. This yeah. was good. This was good. And I told you this is going to be one of our more fun ones. Yeah. 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 This one, this one's going to be good. I'm looking forward to getting this one getting out. So, um, Matt, wrap us up like you normally do. All right. Well, I'm Steve Cadigan here with Shane Howard. This is the work week after hours where Shane Howard and I try to tackle interesting topics that are relevant to us. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear, hear your feedback. Please like share, tell everyone about this. We're seeing some great comments from all of you. Uh, keep them coming, and we're looking forward to giving you some more interesting episodes in the weeks to come. Yep. Cheers.